All right, well, I'm glad to see all of you here. Let me open us up in a word of prayer and we're gonna get started, okay? So let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much that we get to gather together uh, as children as we look into your word to learn about more about who you are, God. And we thank you that you give us the gift of friendship, that you've made uh, all the beautiful creation around us and you've given us your word. So help us to understand more of you today in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, one of the reasons I asked all of you to try to come up with two truths and one lie is for you to realize that sometimes there is something about yourself that no one knows about if you don't share it. So if it's a secret and no one, I've never shared that secret with you guys, then you're probably not going to know unless I share that with you. All right. So for example, my two troops and one lie were, what was it? Number one, it was that I went to school with someone who won a gold medal in the Olympics. I think that's true. I went into the tomb that Jesus was buried in, and I visited six out of seven continents. You guys could probably guess what is true and what is false, but for those of you who I've never shared with, you probably can't know for sure unless I share that with you, right? But all of you in this room, you are all pretty smart, and so you're very observant. And so when you look at our world around us, or even if you look at your brothers and sisters and your friends, you can make some guesses about who they are, what they might like. But there is someone that is completely different than all of us, and so great, and so awesome, that there's no way that we can know anything about him unless he shares with us his secrets about who he is, what he loves, and his character. And I think all of you, can you guess who I'm talking about? Yeah. Who am I talking about? God. That's right. So God, we can't know anything about God unless he reveals himself to us. But guess what? The God who made everything, he did reveal himself to us. He revealed himself to all of us in two important ways, all right? Can you think of what's one way that God has revealed himself to all of us? Can you venture a guess, Lydia? By the universe. Yes. So the first way that God has revealed himself and made himself known to all of us is by his creation, that he made everything. And so you and I all, all of us in this room, we can see. There may be some of us who have trouble seeing. All of us can smell. All of us can taste. All of us can hear and listen to music. We can hear words, we can understand words. So I want all of you to just think of one thing that you really like in God's creation. Maybe you really love. It could be Virginia, it could be, uh, it could be cheeseburgers. So let me, you guys just think. Think quietly. 
for 15, 10, 15 seconds, think of one thing that you really love that God has created. Give you 10 seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, someone share with me one thing that they love. Matthew. Animals. Animals. So my question to you is when you see animals, what can that tell you about God? Um, that he can make anything. Yes, that he can make anything, right? Animals are pretty hard to create. Do you think yeah. you can create a live animal? No. 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 So God's probably greater than you. He can do things he can't, you can't do. What do you love, Silas? Friends that love me. And a family though. Friends. So yes, God made friendships and God created family. And what does that tell you about God? That he cares that you need someone to take care of you and love you so that you won't be lonely. Yes, that God is a protector. God has given you parents that will protect you, that will love you, so that you don't have to be alone in this world. Someone else, what's one thing that you love in this creation, this universe? Yes, Lydia. Nature. Nature? Mm -hmm. So what do you learn about God when you see nature? That he could make something as little and detailed as flowers and as big and great as trees. Yes, so when you look at a delicate flower, you can see the intricate detail that God has made, whereas something majestic like a redwood tree maybe, and you can see just the strength of God and his creation there. One more person. Caroline, did you raise your hand? Yeah. What was, what's one thing you love that uh, uh, that's God has created? People. People, yes. And what, does, what can you learn about God by knowing that he created people? Yeah. Well, yeah. And not only that, but, you know, people are different from animals. Right, Matthew? Right? We can think in a different way. We can communicate in a different way. Do, do animals write thousand-page books? No. 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 Do, 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 do animals plan a wedding and invite all their friends to come dress up? No. There is something special about human beings and the fact that we can think lets us know that God must be able to think and if we can love and want to be around people it shows us that God is a God that wants to have relationships and to foster relationships if you have your piece of paper with uh, that I think all of you should have a piece of paper if you can turn it to where the Bible verses are I need some volunteers who are good readers to read a couple of verses, all right? So Psalm chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. Can I have Lydia? We'll read it in just a minute. And Psalm chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. And I want another volunteer to read Romans chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. Uh, Neva, uh, can you read that? So we'll start with Lydia. So read out loud so everyone can hear. About the glory of God, the sky showed out his hands created them. Day after day they speak about it, night after night they make it known. So this is from the Bible in the book of Psalms. And what does it say? It says the heavens 
tell about the glory of God. So when you look at the sky, when you look at the stars, when you look at everything that God has made, it tells about God's glory. What a glorious God we have. All right, Romans chapter one. Can you read that for us? Yeah. Loud and clear for us. The truth about God is plain to them. God has made it plain. Ever since the world was created, it has been possible to see the qualities of God that are not seen. I'm talking about his eternal power and about the fact that he is God. These things can be seen in what he has made. So people have no excuse for what they do. So do you hear what the Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Romans? What he's saying is that even though there are people in this world that don't have the Bible, that can't read what God has given to us in the Bible, everyone can look at the creation. And by seeing the creation, by seeing what God has made, it is very clear that not only is God there, but even the fact that he is God, that he can do all things, that he's in charge, that that's something that we can appreciate in creation. So the first way that God reveals himself to everyone is through creation. But there's a second way. Can any, can any of you think? It's okay if you don't know the answer, but Charlotte, do you know of a second way that God has made himself known to everyone, not just some people, but to everyone. Yes, well, through Jesus, but you know what? Not everyone has seen Jesus, right? We didn't live when Jesus was around. And there's some people in this world who actually have never heard about Jesus. So yes, it is true that God has revealed himself through Jesus, but that's not to everyone. There's a second way that God has revealed himself to everyone. Can anyone else try to take a good guess? Matthew. Missionaries? Well, yes, we have missionaries that go around the world trying to tell people, but there's still some people right now who've never met a missionary and have never heard about God through a missionary. Titus. Conscience? Yes, through our conscience. The second way that God has revealed himself to everyone is through our conscience. Does anyone know what it means when someone says you have a conscience? Yes, Lydia. There's something inside you that tells you what is right and what to do. Yes, there is something inside everyone. Not just people who've read the Bible. But there's something that God has put in every single person, different than animals, every single one, including all of you in this room. God has given all of us a conscience that helps us understand in general what is right and what is wrong. So I want you to think of another thing in your minds, all right? Think of something that happened in the last week that no one told you it was either the right thing or the wrong thing to do, but you knew in your conscience that it was right or it was wrong. I'll give you an example. 
I was playing with my three-year-old son, Luke, and I knew, all right, I thought it would be funny if I pinched Luke on the cheeks. <laughs> But I also knew that even though Luke has never told me, he's never told me he doesn't like to be pinched on the cheeks, that, I'm pretty, that I'm, I was pretty sure that if I pinched him on the cheeks, he wouldn't like it and he would get upset with me. And so I was tempted because I really wanted to pinch him on the cheeks to see what he would do. But in my conscience, I knew it was wrong for me to pinch him just because I wanted to, because I was pretty sure he didn't want to. All right. So take about 15, 20 seconds. Think of something this week that, that, that you, your conscience told you, oh yeah, this is not right. Even though mom and dad never said anything, I, I know this is not right and I shouldn't do it. Or maybe no one told me this is a good thing to do, but you know what? If I do it, it would be great and it would honor God and it would please others. So think something this week or maybe even something now. All right. Does someone have anything that comes to mind? Charlotte. You wanted to wake up your sister. Was that this morning? No. It was some earlier this week? Yeah. And what did your conscience say? Your... <laughs> oh, so your conscience says that that was probably not the right thing to do. And if you do it, you'll probably get your sister angry. Are you willing to tell us? Did you end up waking up your sister anyway? Oh, you didn't. You didn't. Oh, that's great. So that is your conscience, all right? Your conscience is something that God has given to everyone. And it's even if you've never heard about Jesus, about God, you've never gone to church, you don't have a mom and dad to tell you about God, God has given all of us a conscience. Turn back to your Bible verses, and there's another Bible verse In Romans chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, I need a good reader with a loud voice. Uh, silence. Do uh, you have a loud voice? Why don't you read it loudly and clearly to all of us to hear? Those who are not Jews do not have the law. Sometimes they just naturally do what the law requires. They are a law for themselves. This is true even though they don't have the law. They show that what the law requires is written on their hearts. The way their minds judge them gives witness to that fact. Sometimes their thoughts find them guilty. At other times, their thoughts find them not guilty. So you see what Paul is saying in Romans chapter 2. What Paul is saying is that the Old Testament was given to the Jews. So if you were a Jew... You knew what was right and wrong because you had the Old Testament. But if you weren't a Jew and you didn't have the Old Testament, how would you know what's right and wrong? And so what God says in the book of Romans 
through what, uh, through what Paul had written is that, you know what? Even though you may not have the Old Testament, you will, you will know inside you, you'll know the rules that God has set up of what is right and wrong, and they are in your heart. And if you don't listen to your conscience, then you are condemned just like those who know what's right and wrong and have the Bible. All right, so let's review. God has revealed himself to everyone in two ways, and they both start with the letter C. First is through what? Creation. Creation. And second is through? Conscience. Conscience. But you know what? God is even more amazing. He didn't even just reveal himself through what he's made or what he's done. He's created creation. He made our conscience, but he does something even better. God speaks. He says words. Do you guys remember uh, at the beginning of creation, how did creation come to being? How did God create? He created by what? By speaking, right? Remember? It says in the Bible, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God speaks. He uses language. He uses words. And he doesn't just make himself known just through creation or through our conscience. He speaks. And how do we know or what's recorded? How did God record his speech so that we know what he says? I think you guys know what, Car what Caroline? The Bible. That's right. So the Bible has the words of what God has said. Look at your Bible verses again. And I need another good reader. Who's another good reader? Annabelle, can you read pretty well, you think? If you look at the fourth verse, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, can you read that out loud for us? So this is the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy. So Annabelle, in, in what Paul wrote, how much of scripture comes from God? Just some of it? All of it. What does the first uh, sentence say? Just some of it? Is just some of scripture from God? All of it. Every single word. And does God make mistakes? No. 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 Look at all of you here. With your pencils, what do you have? Eraser. Now, why would you need an eraser? And why would you need to erase something you've written? Because sometimes you make mistakes. Did God need an eraser? Did God need an eraser when he created the universe? No. Like, uh-oh, I made a mistake. <laughs> Did God need an eraser with the Bible? No. The Bible that we have is God's perfect word. And there are no mistakes. All of it comes from God. 
And the verse even says that all of it, it literally is breathed out from God. It, it comes from God's mouth. Now, I don't know if God actually has a mouth, but God uses words and pictures and descriptions to help us understand. Because when we talk, we generally use our mouths, right? Some people can't speak and they use sign language, but most of us will use our mouths to speak. All of the Bible, the words come out. They're breathed out from God. Let's look at one more verse. It's the last verse on your sheet. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. All right, Matthew, since you have your hand up, read it loud and clear for us. Above all here, what you must understand, no prophecy in scripture ever came from a prophet's own understanding. It never came simply because the prophet wanted it to. Instead, the Holy Spirit guided the prophets as they spoke. So prophecy comes from God. 2 Peter 1, 20 to 21. Great, thank you. So, did God use his own hands and his own pen or pencil to write the Bible? No. No? Then how can we say it comes from God? Who actually wrote the words, the different words that we get in the Bible? Yes, Lydia. Men guided by God. Yes, it's men, but they were guided by God. And specifically in 2 Peter, it says it was men who were guided or carried along by the Holy Spirit. So God, the Holy Spirit, worked through the prophets in the Old Testament and the apostles in the New Testament. They were the ones that wrote down the words God's words in the Bible. So, let's review one more time. God's revealed himself to all of us, every single person in two ways. What are those two ways? By creation and conscience. But God does something even more special. He speaks and he speaks to us. Those words are written in what? In the Bible. So, Charlotte, you said earlier a few minutes ago that God's also revealed himself through Jesus, right? And that's very true. So, God has, has revealed himself to us through his word, the scripture. But another name that is given to Jesus is what? Word. Well, Christ, yes, but word. The Bible says that Jesus is the word. Like in John chapter 1, verse 1, John, when he first introduces, he says, in the beginning was the word. And he's not talking about the Bible. He's talking about Jesus. And so the most spectacular way that God revealed himself is what you said earlier, Charlotte. It was through Jesus that God would come in the form of a human being and to live a perfect life and to show us even more clearly the character of God. So now I have a question for all you kids. If God has spoken to us in the Bible, then what are some things you think we should do with the Bible? <laughs> keep it safe. 
Do you think we should read the Bible? Yes. Why would we want to read the Bible? <laughs> why? Why else? Because that is the only way that we can truly know God. Let me explain, kids. Look up. If you want to study ladybugs. If you want to learn more about ladybugs, let's say you're interested in ladybugs, what might you want to do? You might want to go outside and look for ladybugs. ladybugs. And if you see a ladybug, you can see, oh, how many legs does a ladybug have? Six. 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 Uh, can ladybugs fly? Yes. Yes. The ladybug doesn't need to talk to you or tell you or write a book about himself <laughs> or itself. You know, because God's made you smart, intelligent, and a ladybug is inferior to you. If you want to study about the stars, about the planets, if you want to learn how to play the harp or the piano or the cello, all right, you could have teachers. But you could, on your own, try to just pick up the instrument and do your best and learn. And I'm sure you can learn at least something about music. But it's different with God. God is so great that you can't just look and try to search and find God to see what He's about. The only way we can learn more about God is from what He's written to us in His Word. So there are five things that you kids should do with the Bible. The first is we should read the Bible. Is there something else you think we should do with the Bible? Study it. Study it. Yes. So the first thing is we read it. But if we have time, the second thing we could do is study it to look at it more closely to understand more of what it says. So we want to read it. We want to study it. What's another thing we want to do with the Bible, Titus? Understand it. Well, yes, we want to read and study it so we can understand it. Is there anything else we want to do with the Bible, Matthew? Keep it safe. Keep it safe. And what's one way to keep it safe? By keeping it in your brain. <laughs> keeping it in your brain. By memorizing it. By memorizing it. So I'll tell you a quick story. Before my mom died, before my mom died, she had all this blood in her brain, and she was in the hospital, and she could barely move. She couldn't open her eyes. She could barely listen, but she was still alive. There was no way that she could just sit up, ask for a Bible. And have someone give her a Bible to read. She was so weak she couldn't even listen carefully if someone were to read the Bible to her. But there was something she could still do, because she memorized different parts of the Bible, like Psalm 23: "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." And so, because she memorized some of the verses, even though she was in the hospital, she couldn't move. She still had the Bible safe because she memorized some of the Bible. So we want to read the Bible. We want to study the Bible. 
we want to remember and memorize some of the Bible. The fourth thing we should do is we should meditate on the Bible. Do you guys know what the word meditate means? It means to think about it. You want, and I want to think about it during the day. I know some of you during the day, you think about, oh, what am I going to eat today? Yeah, or, oh, there's going to be a play date uh, coming out or around soon. What are we going to do? What games are we going to do? And those are good things to think about. But what's even better is that when we read, study, and memorize the Bible, we can even think about the Bible and meditate on the Bible. And then the fifth and, and probably one of the most important things we should do with the Bible is we obey the Bible. We obey what God says. God tells us that if you love me, you will obey and keep my commandments. But of course, how do we know all of God's commandments unless we read it? So I have a question for all of you kids. How many of you have a Bible? I do. Do you have a Bible? All right, all of you have a Bible? Raquel, do you have a Bible? You have a Bible? All right. I'm going to ask you another important, honest question. How many of you read your Bible once a week? At least once a week. All right, I have a few hands. I have a few hands. How many of you read your Bible at least five days a week? You read your Bible every day. <laughs> yeah, because my mom makes me. She, read, she says, read at least five verses in it. All right, I have another question for you. How many of you in this room eat some food at least once a week? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How many of you in this room eat uh, at least some food at least twice a week? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How many of you eat some food at least five days a week? All right, tough question. Not, not all of you might raise your hand. How many of you in this room eat, uh, eat food seven days a week? All seven days a week. Of course. What if you don't? What, well, why are you eating food seven days a week? Doesn't eating get bored? Boring? No, it's delicious. Isn't yeah. it boring? What, what, wait, 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 wait. What if some days the food that your mom and dad make for you don't taste very good? It looks bad. It's not your favorite. Do you go at least a day or two without eating? Yeah. No. I would say, I'm hungry. I'll get a snack. Yeah. Well, because as kids, right? Your body needs food to give you energy so that you can grow because some of you are still growing taller. And it's the same way with God's word, that God's word is something that will help our souls grow because as we get to know more about God, it'll help us to want to worship God. So when we meet for class from here on out, our goal Every single class is going to be different. We're going to learn different things about God and what he does. But it's not just so that you guys are going to be smarter. It's so that you guys can apply and live your life in a better way to worship and glorify God. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much that you are such a great God. 
You are greater than everything that you've made. You are greater than the stars. You are greater than the planets, greater than the trees, the flowers, the birds, the animals, the fish. You are so great. And even though we can observe things that are, that are simple, there is no way we can study you without you revealing yourself to us. We thank you so much, God, that you did reveal yourself to us. You revealed yourself to us through all that you've made in creation. You've given each and every one of us a conscience that helps us to understand a little bit about who you are and what is right and wrong. But you didn't stop there, that you spoke to us through your Bible. And I'm so thankful, God, that you've given all of us in this room the opportunity to even have a Bible because there are so many people in this world, not just kids, but grown-ups, that haven't even heard about you or read about you or know anything about the Bible. But because we do have the Bible, help us to want to read. All of us in this room now know how to read at least somewhat. Help us to want to read and to have our mom and dad read the Bible to us so we know more about you to help us grow. So it's not just food that we eat to help us grow, but it's the word of God that's food for our souls. Thank you for our time together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen.